Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Mark's Gospel, the fourth chapter. We're going to begin in Mark, the fourth chapter this morning. I made some comments about Mount Moving Faith in the first service and that we taught on that this past Wednesday night. If you weren't here, you can go online and listen to the messages. They will inspire you. Uh, say this out loud. God has given me, me mountain-moving faith. Mountain That's, that simply means Jesus saying, if there's anything that is standing between you and his best, he's given you the spiritual authority to, uh, to speak to that thing like a mountain and command it to be cast into the sea, whether it's a mountain of oppression a mountain of, uh, of fear. There's so much fear being propagated today in the, in the earth. And um, uh, I believe, and I think you believe also, that uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that uh, we don't have to go hide in a cave and collect Campbell's soup, that God's going to take care of his people. And yet at the same time, uh, um, the, um, uh, the man in charge right now of the United States is, um, you know, said there's going to be a food shortage. Well, they've been planning that since last year because last year they had some Nebraska farmers that were online saying that the government has stepped in and commanded us to dig up the, uh, the, the very plants that, we've, that we already have in the field and growing. And so they, uh, they, uh, they want to create a, a, a crisis in America, but that crisis is not going to get inside of you and I in Jesus' name. We're going to stay faithful to God and serve him. But I just bring that up to let you know if there's ever a time you get established on the word of God, it's now. It's today in this season so that you don't get captured by fear, but you stay in faith. God still provides manna from heaven. Can I have an amen? And uh, meaning he'll provide for your needs. Praise the Lord. So God has given you the authority to speak to the mountain. God said, Jesus said, have faith in God. Trust God with your life. Amen. For whosoever, say this out loud, I am a whosoever. Amen. He said, whosoever shall say, speak unto the mountain, be thou removed. Praise God. You'd shake the devil to his core if you said that at home like that. Amen. And not to your wife or your husband, but to the devil. And, uh, and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says shall come to pass. He's going to have whatever he says. And it's really true. The quality of your life up to this point is, is, is measured by your wisdom or lack thereof regarding what God has established in his word, because God does want you to be victorious in life. You're going to have warfare. You're going to have challenges all the way. This whole journey, this whole earth's journey is going to be uh, not without challenges and not without difficulties, but praise God, God gave you his spirit and he gave you his word and he gave you the new birth so that you can be more than a conqueror through Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. So in Mark, the fourth chapter, hallelujah, we're going to begin there. Well, we'll read, um, let me turn there. We're going to read verse one through three and, and we'll pick it up from here. If uh, Jesus began to teach by the seaside and there was gathered on him a great multitude so, so that um, he entered into a ship and he sat in the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land and he taught them many things by parables and he said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Hallelujah. So I'm going to begin just a series today on a subject that probably is the most important subject and the most important parable in the Bible. And Jesus says, if you don't understand this parable, every parable is established on this spiritual principle and the parable of the sower. 
And uh, the kingdom of God is established, is based upon this parable. And your whole entire life is based upon this parable. So it's something you need to understand. A parable of the sower, he says, a parable, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And uh, the word parable, of course, means it's just a natural story, God using a natural story to help us understand a spiritual principle or truth, okay? That's what it is. So I'm going to read the first uh, 13 verses out of that Passion Bible. And uh, there are many great translations, but I, there, I just wanted to read this out of here, so I hope you enjoy it. Once again, Jesus went to teach the people to the shore, um, on the shore of Galilee, and a massive crowd surrounded him. The crowd was so huge that he had to get to a boat and teach the people from there. He taught them many things by using parables to illustrate spiritual truths. He used a natural story to reveal a spiritual truth, okay? And he spoke and he said this. Now consider this. A farmer went out to sow seeds and he cast his seeds and as he cast his seeds, some of it fell upon the beaten path and soon the birds came and ate it. There's crop failure number one. As he cast his seeds, some of it fell up among the beaten path. Okay, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry, verse five. Other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil and the seeds quickly sprouted since the soil had no depth. And when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. That's crop failure number two. And then he goes, other seeds fell among the thorns. So when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so that they could produce no grain. There's crop failure number three. And then verse eight, but some of the seeds fell onto good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. And I don't want to get into this right now, but just simply, simply say this uh, on, on this very thing here. That good soil didn't become good on its own. Somebody had to have been toiling, right? Somebody had to have been cultivating, digging up that soil and preparing it for the seed. It didn't happen on its own. Just wanted you to know that. And um, then he goes on, and we'll talk about that later, okay? Now, thank you, Lord. Where am I? Verse 10. If you understand this, then you need to respond. No, let me, let me go up. Some yielded 30, some 60 on the good ground, and some even 100 times as much was planted. Now, if you understand this, then you need to respond. In other words, apply it to your life, Okay? Now, afterwards, Jesus, his disciples, uh, and, and those close to him, remained behind to ask Jesus about his parables. And he said to them, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you. I thought that was interesting how he put that in, the, in this Passion Translation. He said, first of all, he says, afterwards, his disciples and those close to him remained, remained with him. And they were, they were curious enough and hungry enough to want to know what it meant. Others, everybody else, busy in life. You know, life is busy. Hurry up, we got to get out of here and go do our thing, right? But these guys stuck around. And because they stuck around, God opened up the truth to their hearts. Is that cool or what? And he said, uh, he said, the privilege of intimately knowing the mystery of God's kingdom realm has been granted to you, but not to uh, the others where everything is revealed in parables. For even when they see what I do, they will not understand. When they hear what I say, they will learn nothing. Otherwise, they would repent and be forgiven. Amen. So there's going to be, just, there are, when it comes to the kingdom of God, whether you like it or not, 
there are insiders and there are outsiders. Even in Jesus's day, there were people that that did really, they, they loved God, but they had no interest in building his kingdom. And that's the way it is today. There are people that love the Lord, but their lives are so, they're so filled with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, talks about that and, well, as we'll go on. But they're so consumed with life that they rarely give time for God in any area of their lives, including church. They say that the average Christian now they say the average Christian now believes that he goes to church once or twice a month that he's a faithful member. And so we, there's things that we, you know, we need to understand that revelation knowledge isn't just something that comes to you easily. You have to be hungry for the things of God. It talks about intimacy, spiritual intimacy, being close to God. I mean, every day of your life, you're close to him. You're loving on him. You're, you're worshiping him. You're fellowshipping with him. I'm talking about within your heart. You can do that working a full-time job. Amen. Amen. And, um, and your focus is on him. You want to honor him and you want to please him with your thoughts, with your words, and with your deeds. And as the, you develop this intimacy with God, all of a sudden there is interaction. Praise God. You, you, right? When a, when a husband gets close to his wife and there's intimacy, life comes forth from that. That's the way it is with God. If you get close to God, praise God, you're going to get a supernatural touch from him. Amen. The things that you need in your life, he'll impart to you by his spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So then he says this. If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? So let me explain. The farmer sows the word of God, or the farmer, uh, excuse me, the farmer sows the word as seed. So now we know the word of God is seed, okay? And there's many scriptures to confirm that. But uh, now from this, we understand that God's kingdom is established upon uh, the law of seed time and harvest. If you want kingdom Blessings, you have to plant kingdom seed. Amen. Amen. That, that's true, isn't it? Farmer knows that. If he wants corn, he's not going to go out and plant beans. He's going to plant exactly what he wants. Amen. I'm going to believe that God has, um, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, he's promised us not only divine life, uh, in, internal spiritual life, but the blessings that come with it. Amen. But they just don't come to you. You have to go after them. You have to be a good farmer. You have to understand the principles of sowing and reaping if you want to get the good things of God into your life. Amen. Let's go on. It says, uh, Jesus goes on in verse 26. Now, he also told them this parable. Well, what is it? God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. He goes to bed and gets up day after day, and the seed sprouts and grows. It grows how long? The Bible says it grows tall, though he knows not how. All by itself it sprouts, and the soil produces a crop. First the green stem, then the head on the stalk, and then the fully developed grain in the head. And then, of course, the Bible says he puts in the sickle. The message Bible says when the grain is fully formed, he reaps harvest time. Say harvest time. Hallelujah. So you can see just from this, when you, the goodness of God, the abundant thinking mind of God, that when you plant a seed, that God said if the, if the soil is right and you've done your part, you can reap 30, 60, and 100 fold back into your life. Is that, is that wonderful? Amen. Amen. He promises that. Praise God. There's a scripture, I'm not sure where it is. Um, uh, it says that, um, <clears throat> I shouldn't, uh, I should have looked it up. 
Who was it, Jacob, that sowed in the time of famine? Yes. Was it? Yes. And he reaped a hundredfold. Yes. Amen. I said, did you hear that? Yeah. He reaped a hundredfold. Praise the Lord. And um, that wasn't always the case on his part, but th there was a time when he was experiencing famine and God gave him the divine strategy and he obeyed and praise God, he reaped a hundredfold in the time of famine. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so God will do the same for us, especially we have to understand it in the days we're living in. If, uh, if uh, uh, the man in Washington says that there's going to be a famine, excuse me, he said you need to prepare for a famine. Uh, what he wants to do is create a spirit of fear on the inside of people. And uh, we're going to prepare for abundance, not a prepare for a famine. Can I have an amen? So I just want you to understand it because fear, it's propagated to try to paralyze you. And if there's one people that should not get paralyzed in the days we live in, it's the church. It's the body of Christ. That we, we can increase, though the world around us may be suffering otherwise. Amen. So, turn if you would to Genesis 3. We're going to see these spiritual laws working right away in the very beginning of creation. In Genesis 1, verse 1, we'll just read 1 through 3 and move on. We'll get back to Mark in a moment. I want to show you the origin of sowing and reaping. Now, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, verse 2 says, the earth was without, I wish I had another translation. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was up upon the face of the deep. So, again, if you understand God, you'll understand that he never, ever created any chaos, any darkness, any corruption, what happened between verse 1 and verse 3, I believe, is when Satan was cast out of heaven onto the earth, uh, what came with it was chaos and darkness and corruption. If you agree, say amen, because God doesn't create anything but life. But God resolved the problem. How did he resolve the problem? How did he change the atmosphere, uh, and how did he get rid of the darkness? God said, immediately he responded to the darkness and said, let there be light, amen. And the seed of his word created a harvest of light, and the light drove out the darkness, hallelujah, amen. So God shows us right away the principle of sowing and reaping. God said, as he scattered his will with a spoken word, his will came to fruition, praise the Lord. He, he harvested it, amen. Say out loud, I'm a farmer. Amen, you really are. And God has made you a farmer, and he's made you steward of your life. He's made you steward of the ground, which the real estate of your life is your own heart. That is the soil to which this is pertaining to in the parable of the sower, which we'll see as we go on. The one thing that God didn't do is he didn't speak what was around him. He spoke what was in him. And when you put the word of God in, what's going to come out? Amen. The word's going to come out. It's just, that is just going to come out of your life. I said this in the first service, but it's true. How many have ever been in a situation, all of a sudden you remembered a scripture and that scripture encouraged you. It came out of your spirit. It didn't come, uh, you know, it didn't come through, uh, um, whatever, osmosis or some kind of meditation. You put the word of God in, the word of God will come out. Amen. That's why we come on Sundays. That's why we come back on Wednesday nights. It's so that we can open our hearts to receive whatever God wants us to receive at that moment. Because only God knows what's going to happen to you on Monday. Only God knows what's going to happen on Thursday. And he wants you to be spiritually equipped to conquer whatever comes against you. Can I have an amen? That's true. Let's go on. It says, verse 11, then God said, or he sowed, he seeded. He said, let the land sprout with vegetation. And every, no, watch this, every sort of seed-bearing plant and the trees that grow seed-bearing fruit, now these seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. Amen. 
They, you sow the right kind of seed, you'll reap the right kind of harvest. You can't sow corruption and reap blessing. Amen. But, and you can't sow blessing and reap corruption. Isn't that good news? In other words, whatever you decide to sow, is that is what you're going to reap in your life. He goes on, and that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. So God gave to Adam everything that he would need in the natural in seed form, and he gave him everything that he would need in the spirit in spiritual form, his word. In fact, he said... In John, the, uh, excuse me, in Genesis, the second chapter, watch this. Here's the boundaries for Adam. Here's God's word for Adam. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So there's are the boundaries. And as long as Adam and his wife lived within the boundaries of God's word, they reaped the fullness of God's presence, his protection, and his provision. Isn't that beautiful? Come on, I said, isn't that beautiful? Amen. That's how God planned it. God cares about us. He loves us and wants us to reap the goodness of his heart. Hallelujah. And it comes in many different forms, of course, uh, as as the needs come to us on a daily basis. Now, um, Isaiah 55. Turn there. I'm going to read Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Now, when Eve transgress the word of God, we know that they lost the presence of God within. And, um, uh, but God had the last word. God said in Genesis 3.15, he said to the devil, from now on you and the woman will be enemies and as will your offspring and hers. You will strike a seal, but he will, you will strike a seal, but he will crush your head. So God told the devil, the seed of the woman is going to crush your head. Going to crush, that word head means your position of authority over man. Amen. And Jesus did just that. How many recognize the difference of being a slave to the devil and now you're enslaved to the Lamb of God? There's a great difference, isn't there? Amen. One is true slavery. One is true freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. That's what God wants from me. He wants you to understand how wonderful it is to be enslaved to what is right, right living, right thinking, right speaking, right doing. Amen. And we do that through our relationship with the Lord. Now, in Isaiah, the 55th chapter, um, this was a word for the children of Israel. Um, God said to them, he's wooing them back to himself because they had backslidden from him. Verse 7, he said, let the wicked, now he's addressing Israel, he's not addressing the world. He said, let the, the word wicked means morally wrong. Let the morally wrong forsake his way and let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. Again, you can't return to something you haven't been before. Let him return unto the Lord and he will give mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Can everybody say, thank you, Lord? That's why it's just wonderful. That's wonderful to know that God will abundantly pardon you. I don't care how far away you get from him. If you'll return and repent, he will forgive you, restore you, revive you, and change you for his glory and honor. Amen. So shall my word be. Oh, excuse me. Forgive me. Uh, for as, for, verse 8. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts, 
neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I think that is so beautiful. Before I met the Lord, my thoughts were continually corrupt. But once I received Jesus in my heart, he gave me access to his thoughts. Amen. And of course, his thoughts are found in his word. And that's why Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, Romans 12, verse 1 through 2. Oh, he says, I beseech you, brethren, this is the King James, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, metamorphous, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wow. How many had a messed up mind before you got saved? But if you're not careful, you can retreat right back to that if you don't understand, Right? how the devil works. That all warfare, I'll remember this. There's so many people today on drugs today, and I'm not condemning anyone for any kind of drugs, you know, according to their, regarding their, their mind. But right, this is the origin of all warfare. And if you don't understand that and take authority over it, it will, take, it will have its authority over you. Amen. So he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. My thoughts are higher, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher, verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, God says. It will not return unto me without results, but it will accomplish that which I please and it will prosper in the thing or in the spirit whereto I sent it. God said that. You put the word of God in your heart, God will make sure that it prospers, that it will grow and turn you into a stronger Christian, a wiser Christian. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Back to Mark 4. We'll wind this up with a story. Jesus speaking again, he says in verse 30, he continues. And then Jesus told him this parable. How can I describe God's kingdom realm? Well, let me illustrate it with this parable. God's kingdom realm is like the mustard seed. The tiniest of all seeds. Now catch it. Yet when it springs up and grows, it becomes the largest plant in the garden with so many large spreading branches, even birds can nest in its shade. He's simply saying this. When you stop and you try to compare God's word to the crisis you're in, it may seem small and insignificant, but hallelujah, it will grow up and conquer anything that you're facing in life. God's word, let it, let it have its work in you. Let it keep growing in you and changing you, changing you into the image of Jesus. And as it's changing you, it'll be changing the situations that you're dealing with in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tiniest seed, and yet when it's sown, it grows to become larger than anything you're facing in your life. That's God's promise to you. Are you here this morning? That's God's promise to you. Praise the Lord. And then Jesus said this, a farmer sowed his field and went away. And as the days went by, the seeds grew and grew without his help. Without, without his help, meaning this, the word of God, the seed of God's word in the DNA, or first of all, in the DNA of every seed is the life of God. 
A seed looks lifeless in your hand, but once you plant it into the environment that's conducive for germination, it will do its part. It will take root and it will grow, hallelujah. And I, I love going out to Rapid City every summer. We try to get out to Rapid City. We ride the Harley through the hills and just enjoy that time together. And we've had some great times together out in the hills. And just, I just love it out there. But it's amazing how you'll drive by a mountain and there's a tree I mean, there's hardly any soil. It's all 99% rock, and there's a tiny little piece of soil, and there's a tree growing out of that rock. Isn't that something, how God gave that seed such power that it is determined to grow? It's determined to grow, and it grows. And I mean, it just push, keeps pushing through, and, and it's just amazing, the power of that seed. Well, how much more the power of God's word? Hallelujah. Just let it keep growing on the inside of you. And it'll do its job as God promised. I want to close with um, 1 Kings. I didn't read this in the first service. I got a few moments. 1 Kings, go there if you would. The 17th chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think it's just fitting for the days we're living in. A lot going on in the world. And we need to keep our focus on Jesus the Bible says in Hebrews 12, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. If he authored a promise in his word, that promise creates faith within, and he'll make sure he finishes it, bring it to completion. That's what he said in his word. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, what was going on? Israel was harvesting. Uh, they were rebelling against God. They were uh, in, steeped up to their neck in idolatry, immorality. And therefore, therefore, God was going to let them see naturally what they were spiritually. Okay. So, the word of the Lord, verse 2. And the word of the Lord came. Say it out loud. Say it again. The word of the Lord came. Amen. The word of the Lord came and, and saying unto Elisha, good luck, buddy. I hope things turn out well for you. No, it didn't say that. The guy's looking at his Bible. Where in the world does that say that? <laughs> the word of the Lord came unto Elisha saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook uh, Kareth or Cherith, I don't know how to say it, that is before Jordan or the Jordan River. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So now he had a decision to make, to believe the word of the Lord and obey it, or, or, or not believe it and not only starve to death, but, but, you know, die of thirst. But he believed the word of the Lord. God had direction for him. Say this out loud. God will always have direction for me. Always. always. No matter what happens economically. I don't know what's going to happen economically in America in the next few years. I don't. Uh, but uh, I think encourage all of you the best you can. Get out of as much debt as you can. And, and because of the fact, you know, uh, interest rates are going to go sky high. And uh, could in the future, I, I'm not prophesying, I just, the economy, right now we're, I don't know if you know this, we went from, uh, we went from 19 trillion in debt, now we're over to 31 trillion in debt. So I don't know, I've asked my banker, he can't explain it, how in the world, what's going to happen, something's got to 
give one of these days. And so we just need to be prepared inwardly for whatever happens. God's going to take care of his church. But if you're not prepared spiritually, you will succumb to the fears of the world around you. Amen. So let's continue. So the Bible says, so, so he went and did. He went and did. He went and did according to the word of the Lord. He believed God and obeyed. And he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Amen. Say supernatural. supernatural. I think it's beautiful. Praise the Lord. The ravens. I mean, come on, stop and think about that. People are dying. People are starving all around him. And, and yet God provides for the man of God. Not because he was a prophet or a preacher. It's because he obeyed God and went to where God told him to go. Amen. Let's go on. God always has a plan for us. No matter what, he's got a plan for you to provide for you and your family. He goes on and says this. And it came to pass. Say, it came to pass. It came to pass that after a while that the brook dried up and because there had been no rain. And the word of the Lord came unto Elijah once again saying, sorry about that. I have no more water and I have no more ravens. He didn't say that. The word of the Lord came giving him direction again. Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which uh, uh, the word Zarephath in the Hebrew means the place of refinement. See, you can either grow better or grow bitter in what's going on in life. And, to, and which belongs to Zidon and dwell there. And behold, again, he's going to a, a place called there. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so Elisha went, arose and went to Zarephath. Just exactly how God's, uh, what God said to do. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, there, uh, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks and he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Well, first of all, the prophet knows that there's a drought. Everything around him is dead. People around him, I'm sure as he's walking on his journey, people are laying along the road dead. It was critical. It was, I mean, it was a serious time. And so... Fetch me a little water. And she, as she was going, see, the, see her faith in action? As she's going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God lives. Hmm. Stop and think about that. Here's a woman, she's not a Jew. And yet she recognized the anointing on the prophet's life. And she says, as the Lord thy God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son. I mean, to a mother, there's nothing more precious than a boy. And to see him withering away and in a slow process of starvation, that's the worst form of death. She says that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, don't you fear. You go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore of a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. Hmm. 
you know, all through the years, there's, there's been, of course, you know, ministers that have abused ministry and, you know, um, it's just part of the, you know, like any, because the, God's using people. But a true pastor's heart, you know, especially when I come to, you know, so once in a while, you know, we had such a miraculous uh, uh, miracle paying off the debt of the building, you know, and yet God moved upon our hearts to remodel. And I know, I know for some people, I felt it in my spirit that some people were saying, my, I can't believe this, that they're doing this, that we just got this done, now they're doing this. But always keep your heart right. Amen. Now, if, if, it, if, if it wasn't God, uh, you know, we had repent with all our hearts and, you know, Lord, we don't want to put any weight on anybody. Amen. But what if this was your miracle? And we haven't. We haven't raised any money for it. I've asked people. I don't want to bend any, never. I don't want to ever manipulate people or try to make them feel bad about giving. And um, Pastor Vic is the same way, you know. And, um, and yet on the other hand, um, you know, this has to be paid for somehow. And God is so faithful. God is faithful. Say God is faithful. Amen. But I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. The, the, the two pastors never want to take something from the congregation. Uh, and, and listen, and at least have the heart and faith to believe for a supernatural return back into your life. Amen. And that's what I want for all of you. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. So, hallelujah. Sometimes we think, you know, uh, hey, what's going on? But it could be our raven. It could be our raven. It could be our brook. We don't know. But keep your heart right. I mean, don't, don't, if you don't, no, never give a seed. If you don't, I mean, don't, I don't ever want, you know, but don't get, don't get hurt. Don't get offended. Don't feel bad. Just pray and say, I'm not sure this is God, but God bless it. Hallelujah. Bless it anyway. So God had provision for the man of God and this precious woman and her son. Let's continue. Let's finish it. And Elijah said, fear not. Don't be afraid. You go and do as thou hast said but make me a little cake and bring it unto me. And of course she says, uh, and after, and after, I love this, and bring it unto me and after, and after. See, this don't make sense. What do you mean after? This is all I have. What do you mean? There's nothing after this. Right? I mean, there's not, what do you mean, man of God? You're asking for, I mean, you selfish thing. My son and I are dying and you're asking for the last part of what we have? That was seed. That was seed. It wasn't enough to keep her alive, but it was enough for a miracle. Hallelujah. 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 And so the Bible says, oh, my, my, my. For thus saith, here comes the promise. For afterwards, make for thee and for thy son. For thus says the Lord God, here's the word of the Lord. The barrel of oil, uh, the barrel of meal shall not waste or, or, or uh, come to an end. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. The barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the oil fail. According According to the word of the Lord. Come on, give God praise. According to the word of the Lord. So when God, you know, God says, bring the tithe, that is the anchor to your future. 
when you bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord, I mean, there's so many things, and we talked about this, you know. There's many, many things involved in financial, um, you know, uh, uh, well, financial security, and um, you have your part to play, and you can't, you can't be spending $800 a week uh, when you're making 400 a week. Uh, come on, everyone. I mean, you know, there are things that, disciplines in your life that you have to uh, perform. But when you keep your heart right, and you honor God, you're, you can't pay God. God is not some casino machine. He's your, he's your creator. He's your savior. But praise God, he is your provider. One of his names is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Why don't you give him praise right now? That he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Hallelujah. And I love that story. Because, you know, it's beautiful. That... That um, was only like the second year of drought. And there was another year and a half to go. And yet God provided that oil and the meal never ran dry until the drought was over. That's how good God is. That's how good God is. So I wind that all up to say, it's the law of sowing and reaping in uh, manifested in their lives. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me close one scripture and I'm done. First of all, again, I say to all of you, it's impossible for you to have the faith of God and the strength of God by filling yourself with the news that's going on in the world today. You've got to stop listening to the news and just listen to the good news. Yes, once in a while I get... I just shared it early in the first service. I get certain things uh, that sent to me that are very interesting and, and uh, uh, inspiring and eye-opening. But at the same time, I got to go back to the Word of God and, and, and stand on the Word. Can, can I have an amen to that? And uh, um, our nation's never been here before. Never. Okay, I'm just telling you, 72 years of life, our nation has never been in this kind of a situation uh, financially, um, Economically, uh, um, well, you know, we moved to Sioux Falls. We moved to Sioux Falls, and it's going to blow your mind, but interest rates are 18%. We bought our first house, our first house, and our note was 14.5%, okay? And uh, we're not there right now, but we're, we're in more serious condition than ever because of the leadership they have in government at this time. And um, we're, it's serious. Uh, look at Canada. You know, we don't think that we could become something other than what, we, what this nation was founded on. But, but in Canada, they got a nutcase up there, and, um, liquid, and they're suffering because of it. And so we, praise God, we're believing in June we're going to see some supernatural divine intervention uh, on behalf of the, uh, the political front. If you agree, let me hear with a good clap offering. Yeah. But not without prayer. If there was ever a time that we need to cry out to God, it's right now. Not on the day of the election, right now. Be praying and praying and calling out to God for his divine intervention upon our nation because I'm believing God. And there are, and I'm encouraged by it. There are many God-fearing conservatives that are running for certain offices, and we need to get them in in Jesus' precious name. Can I have an amen? Amen. Well, that was exciting. Hallelujah. James, the third chapter. We're going to be, end there. James, the third chapter. 
The harvest of righteousness, of conformity to God's will in thought and deed, is the fruit of the seed sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace, which means concord, agreement, and harmony between individuals, our families, our marriages, our homes, our children, our church setting, between individuals with undisturbedness in a peaceful mind free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want the musicians to come forward and I want to pray today. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for our nation today. And we're going to pray March for miracles. I said March for miracles. What does that mean? We can have a miracle right now for June. We can have a miracle right now for the election to June. And that's what I'm believing for. Are you all here today or did you leave? Why don't you stand up? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. This is fitting. Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> Instead, pray about everything. <laughs> We're not going to pray in fear. Pray in faith. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, brothers and sisters, listen to this. Paul is writing this from prison in Rome. He's encouraging people, the church. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, Paul says, and everything you heard from me and, and saw in me doing. Then God, then the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, God. Bow your head. Thank you. So God, I just want you to know, he still owns the brooks and he still owns the ravens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.